podcast with me phil and me paul and on this week's show we return once again to our ever ongoing series two retrospective and this time we are doing the idiot's lantern yes. uh let's hope we enjoy this more than we enjoyed doing <laughs> the terror of the vervoids last week i still it was quicker I think it was a lot quicker, wasn't it? Yes, yes. So uh, let's see what we thought about that later on. But first, as usual, let's have some news. And uh, we've got a few bits, haven't we? Because um, <laughs> because because we recorded so early last week, as we're doing again. This, yes, we are recording on the uh, last week. We recorded on the Wednesday night. And we're recording the Wednesday night again this week as well. But um, the day after we recorded last week, the the big sort of like bomb dropped. There's a Doctor Who festival announced in uh, in November this year at the Excel Centre in London, uh, which runs from the 13th to the 15th of November. Yeah, I think I mean it caught me by surprise anyway. Yeah, so yeah, there've been absolutely no no build up for it. No, no. none at all. Um, and I'm I'm still sort of receiving emails from the official website, and it, and it dropped on that day. There was no pre warning. Um, so tickets was, uh, went on sale for this last Friday morning at uh, at uh, ten a.m. Um, and blow me, we actually got tickets. Yes, I was expecting the service to crash as usual as soon as you know there was that big mad rush as soon as everything goes online. Uh, no, it was it was fairly painless. A- actually, <laughs> actually got the tickets they we wanted. Took on- our money from us. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, they we actually got the tickets we wanted on the day we wanted, which I think is the first yeah. time we've actually achieved that. I, I think. Um, now, as usual, it, these tickets are a lot of money, aren't they? Yes. For a single day, um, they really are a lot of money, and I think which a lot of people have complained about, and I suppose quite rightly too. To, if, yeah. if, you, if you're going as a, you can buy family tickets, but even. If you're going on your own, um, the ticket all in is sixty-eight pounds. Yeah, wasn't the family ticket something like one hundred and sixty-eight or something? Yeah, something like that. And it's it's a lot of money for a, a you know a, that's just to get you into the venue. It doesn't include any travel arrangements you might have to organise. If you're coming a long way, like hotel, you might have overnight accommodation to sort out, and then yeah. all your food and drink and everything. It's an expensive day out. Yeah, I mean. The- Thing I think I have really is well as being a football fan of a Premiership club. Yes, we're sort of six. Yeah, six. That's about that's about the going rate to go to something. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, and you're not even guaranteed a win, are you? So, <laughs> switch to the team you support. But, <laughs> um, well, actually, the team I support for that man, well, League One now, crikey. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's well, I think really uh, this seems to be an annual event now with uh, the BBC, doesn't it? Because ever since they did yeah. one in Cardiff, you've had the 50th anniversary one. Um, it's, it's, it's biannual, haven't it? Biannual. There was yeah, there wasn't a lot. Did they do something a bit smaller last year? I seem to remember something happened. Yeah. I mean, I, I just wondered remember. whether... I thought of, originally this might have been to time because it's 10 years. Oh, it might be. Yeah. That's a good point, uh, actually. Yeah. And interestingly, they haven't necessarily... They haven't marketed it like that at all. It is just mm. literally going to be almost, it seems like, Series 9 and that's it. 
Well, there's, there's so, I, think I think they're sort of running out of ideas to to, to call these things now because we've, we've yeah. a couple of years ago it was the um, what was it celebration? I think the one in 2011 was it was convention. convention. Well, and now it's yeah. festival. Festival. So they're yes. going to run out of, run out of descriptions of these uh, gatherings sooner or later. Um, but the, <laughs> okay, one of the things it says, and this is what they 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 one of the taglines of the 2011 convention in, in Cardiff was was um, um, the your chance to attend a panel led session where you would get closer than ever before to cast members from the era of the Twelfth Doctor. Um, no, that's. I know for a fact now that is not going to happen. You're never going to get no. closer than ever before, are you? <laughs> yeah, they sort of keep you at arm's length, I think you'll yes. find. Yes. Um, so you've got meet the cast, uh, meet the writers. You've got something called a drama school, latest film set photos, uh, costumes and props from the latest series, production village. So apparently it's your chance to explore a day in the life of a production team and crew. That one appeals to me. Um, fan challenge. Test of knowledge in a specially themed fan challenge, official merchandise, of course, uh, cosplay showcase, and photo opportunities, which I'm assuming you have to pay extra for as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but hey, it's another festival. I think. I think the other complaint as well. It's another one in London. Um, obviously, I'm not complaining about that myself. No. But yeah, I can understand why people sort of like are getting. Why can't they do it in, in another city? I mean, I, I can't understand why they couldn't have. Why they didn't go back to Cardiff now? The the other bit's open now. Yeah, the exhibition. Yeah, yeah. I did read comments about this. It would have made more sense to have had everybody down there for the festival, and of course they would have gone to and seen the exhibition as well. So and then do it as a joint ticket. Yeah, and then it wouldn't have been perhaps so expensive. Mm. Well, or at least you'd have felt you was getting more of your more bang for your buck, really, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's a that's a very good point. Sell ticket, you buy the ticket and you go to the festival, I want to say convention, then festival one day, <laughs> and you go to the experience the next, and that gets you in. Yeah. Um, it makes a nice weekend of it for everybody down yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, we're, we're, we're going, and hopefully, you know, yeah. some of our. We, list- just have to, we just have to get on the Docklands Light Railway. Yes, <laughs> we're, indeed. we're there. We're there. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully some of, some of you. Listeners out there will be attending, so um, if you if you recognise us, come and say hello. But so it's not till November, and um, who we knows? suspect it'll be the night of the last episode. It be the sound, day yeah, sounds that like way, doesn't it? The Saturday will be. Yeah, that's if he's actually starting on the, on the August bank holiday, like he did last year. I'd be very. I think everyone would be <laughs> very surprised. If I'm it ho- is. I'm hoping it's not. Because <laughs> you're away. Because I'm away. Yeah. <laughs> To be honest, I'm hoping it's not because you're away. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do that week. It might have to be a, like a, a like a double episode going out. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yes. Anyway, on to some other news now. Um, now, some news that broke uh, today, actually, uh, Wednesday the tenth of July, is that. Um, the character Riggsy, we might remember from the uh, episode from Series 8, Flatline, is due to return. So it's, it's confirmed that actor Joyvan Wade um, is returning to the show. And there's been a, f- uh, a couple of uh, set photos uh, released online today as well. I don't know if they're official or not, but they've certainly appeared on my, my timeline anyway, which features with him, the Doctor and Clara. So, any surprise really? Not really, not as they set the character up. Last time, I don't think it's going to be much of a surprise to anybody, really. Not really, no, 
No. Um, and he was good in it as well, actually. He was. I'm just, I'm just not quite sure how I like recurring characters. Yeah. It depends on how he's used, really. Well, yeah, exactly. We don't know what the context totally. is, do we? But it, it's no. this... I, know, I do know what you mean, there about this whole thing of, you know, um, they sort of dip back into the well fairly quickly, don't they? Yeah. Really. Um, yeah, you don't mind if it's a couple of years down the line and suddenly someone pops up because it's, oh, look. Oh, yeah, he's back. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. Or she's back or whatever. But, um, yeah. And you, see- sort of, you sort of can accept it when it's unit. Yes. Despite how we went on about Yes, I oh, know. Osgood being back last time. Well, more, more, more on Osgood later. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was just the sort of, it, it sort of takes me back to the Rosie's mum and all that sort of stuff coming, being. Well, that kind of made sense because it, it was Rosie's family, but this is yeah. an unconnected character, really, isn't it? He just joined for one adventure and, and that was it. So it's a case of lightning striking twice for this particular yeah. person. <laughs> so. But uh, no, we'll see. We'll see anyway. I mean, I, say, I, I did enjoy his performance, yeah. actually, in, in Flatline. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it very much. Um, now, some other casting news. I suppose this then leads to, leaves it open then for Frank Skinner to come back in Series 10. Oh, I do hope he does, actually. I do hope he does. I quite enjoyed Frank Skinner's performance in uh, Mummy on, on the Orient Express. I've great difficulty pronouncing that episode title for some reason. Yes. Um, now, other casting news, that's more news that broke after we recorded last week, is that uh, actress Rebecca Frump is uh, also due to appear in this new series of Doctor Who as well. Now, most of you should know, um, she co-starred with Peter Capaldi in The Thick of It. Yeah. Um, so, uh, which apparently in t- 2010 they... One best male and best female performance in a comedy role. So um, now she's actually appearing in the uh, Peter Harness written story, uh, which features the return of Zygons and Unit. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I like Rebecca Front anyway as an actress. So I think this this should be fairly. fairly it's surprising in some ways that she hasn't been in it before. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, no, I just think it's good that she is, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I know from I, actually, I never used to watch the thick of it. To be honest, did you ever, you, ever, you ever used to watch it? No, to be honest. No, no, no I didn't. Um, As well. But, but I know her from things like Big Train and um, Tom Gentleman Please, which was Al Murray's sitcom on, on, on Sky. So, But she's been in loads of other things as well, you know. Um, I think she's currently in Lewis, isn't she, as well? Is she? She's the chief superintendent or something right. in that. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm sort of looking forward to seeing what, what she's going to be doing in, uh, in this episode as well. Um, now, some other news that uh, broke today as well, actually, which got a lot of people excited, but I'm, I'm very sorry to say this means absolutely nothing to me. Um, but it's been announced that writer Sarah Dollard uh, has written episode 10 of the, um, this forthcoming series, which actually, fair enough, which is the, the episode that um, <laughs> Joy of Wade is going to be reappearing in as well. Hmm. Um, now apparently um, Sarah Dillard has written episodes of The Game, uh, Being Human and Neighbours and she's also a script editor on certain episodes of Primeval and Merlin, uh, I must admit uh, I did used to watch Being Human which I, which I did enjoy uh, but I never watched Primeval, I never really watched Merlin either. How about Neighbours? <laughs> uh, how long ago? Well she looks, fairly, <laughs> she looks fairly young so we're not talking about the, the, the days of Kylie here are we? So. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it's got. I mean, a lot of people are excited about this, but I'm 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 sorry to say that I I know nothing about her really. 
that way, it's somebody new. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I think it's it's the case. It's it's another sort of, you know female writer joining the uh, you know joining the crew. Yeah. Um, but she goes on to say, uh, getting to play in the Doctor Who toy box is a dream come true. It's a total honour to contribute to a show that has brought me such joy as a fan. However, writing for Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman has presented a serious problem. Some days I've been too excited to actually sit down and type. So, oh, well, if you're a fan, I can understand that, really. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. Now, uh, last up in news, and as we, we alluded to earlier, I said there'd be, you know, we'll talk about Osgood later on as well. Um, it's been announced that Osgood is going to join the recently announced uh, Big Finish Unit cast. So it's alongside Kate Stewart as well. Um, I'm now seriously intrigued what this timeline is, because now it, it, it could be anything now, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does seem to be, and the fact that they've waited until they've announced it, or had to wait until she's been announced mm. for the series before they could announce... Yeah, before they can announce it for Big Finish. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, I think this is tending to lead to the fact that Osgood is going to be back permanently. I Yeah, I think so as well. I, I think it's heading that way, don't you? Yeah. So, well, otherwise, otherwise, they would have announced it beforehand, wouldn't they? Yeah. If, they, if they're just going to play it, this is going to be out of timeline with the series. And it's also coming back to the fact that the first release is November. Yeah, so I suspect that will be this will be released. I put, almost put money on the fact this box set will be released the Monday after the unit episodes are shown. Mm, you could be right. You could be right, actually. <laughs> if, they've got, if, if, if anybody's got any, if Big Finish have got any uh, say in when they can release it, I think it'd be released the Monday. I think it probably would be because all it says on the Big Finish website is out in November. Yeah, that is it. That is it. So we we shall uh, we shall see. But I'm I'm looking forward to that actually. I mean, I haven't really uh, sort of dipped into the sort of expanded universe of Doctor Who on on Big Finish yet, to be honest. No, I mean, I also read sort of listen to is like I Davros, um, which that's the only thing I've sort of you know branched out on. I think it's because there's just too much Doctor Who to catch up on, really. <laughs> you know, it's sort of before I even get to the expanded universe stuff. Don't worry, if this podcast continues, it'll come. Oh, yes, it will. I might be about 80 by then, but we'll get there. <laughs> we'll still be doing a Series 2 retrospective, I've got a funny feeling. But... <laughs> oh, dear. Right, OK, um, that's it for the news, but we have got time for a very, very brief uh, trip or peer into Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Right, now we've got two items of tat for you this week. Um, and yet again, Paul, you've come at Trumps with the first one, haven't you? Well... I don't know whether up trumps is the. Oh, I, I think so. The, I think the listeners want to know about this. <laughs> the only ones. Yes, well, available from the BBC shop, you can get a, a 12th Doctor talking plush. I think they're actually called plushies, aren't they? They've called it a plushie. I thought it was called a plushie. Yeah. Well, oh. it, 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 well it's for pre order at the moment. Indeed. I can't work out if it's coming out. I'm presuming this is coming out on. Well,. That if it's the BBC, they're giving us the. It's the UK version. They're giving us the. It's coming out on the seventh of September. Yes. So it says here. Yeah, exactly. If that is the as, UK. as opposed to the 9th of July. Yeah. Which is, I, I was, wasn't quite sure at first of all. 
Well, as, as, as the BBC is British, I think you'll find this is the 7th or the 9th, 2015. Yes, uh, yes it says the um, it plays three original phrases from the smash hit BBC TV show and comes complete with a detailed outfit and sonic screwdriver. Hmm. And it measures approximately nine inches in height. Uh, and it also requires three replaceable AG13 stroke LR44 button cell batteries. Included. Ah. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, actually included. So, uh, yeah, and it still looks like Den Hegarty from Darts. <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna say the, sorry, by September the Botox has worked. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, what I do like on the um, on the front of the box, it, squeeze me, I talk. <laughs> <laughs> that comes on the front of this podcast as well. I've actually got my own personal squeeze butler. To, I'm, I'm, <laughs> he plays like a concertina all the way from like a squeeze box. <laughs> just to get me you talking. You press it, it comes up with a well-known phrase like, I don't like this. <laughs> why, why have they done this? <laughs> why is Osgood back? <laughs> You're a liar, Moffat. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I come with three well-known phrases. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, now the price of this um, is £15.49. Yes. And that's a pre-order price promise. So it says here. Well, that's a nice I'm, I'm sure when it gets to Forbidden Planet, they'll give you 7.5% off. <laughs> They're bound to, aren't they? They are bound to. Now, uh, the next item of tat. Now, um, this one, I couldn't be bothered to come with any tat, could I, really? Because this one's actually come from Martin Havel from the Bad <laughs> Wheels podcast. The other phrase, is it, when you press the button? Yeah, oh, I, I could be bothered. This. <laughs> yes, this one was uh, posted on our Facebook group by uh, Martin Havel from the Bad Wolf podcast. Um, now, apparently, <laughs> well, not apparently, you can uh, buy... Now, let me start from the beginning here, really. John Barrowman is uh, touring. This year, and it appears. <laughs> I was wondering where that sentence was going. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, actually, by the time this goes out, uh, what the uh, he's doing a concert at the Corn Exchange in Cambridge on yeah. Friday the twelfth of June. Uh, so, by the time this goes out, this this would have like been and gone. But uh, what, right, what, the VIP package is sold out already. Oh, it has. Yeah. So um, we we can still get tickets, Paul. As we recalled, <laughs> we can still get tickets. We can still be there. Now, uh, what Martin uh, posted on our Facebook It's actually the reason why we're recording on Wednesday, let alone talking. Yeah, just so yeah, so we, get, we can pack this into our review. Uh, now, let me finish this, for Christ's sake. <laughs> right, um, now, Martin says that uh, John Barrowman is now flogging tickets to his sound check. Yes, for £25, you can watch him say, one, two, one, two. He may even throw in a three, as Martin says. Um, this, is, uh, this is bona fide. As well, this is bona fide. Actually, we, we've gone onto the gigsandtours.com website. As we had to, to buy our tickets. To buy our tickets, <laughs> yes. And um, actually, um, the full price of, of getting these soundcheck tickets, it, it's actually £27.50. So, I noticed when I bought the tickets for the um, Doc 2 Festival, they give the lower price now is now called face value. Yeah. right. Rather than... Um, with the transact without transaction fee, they just call it face value. So, um, so including your transaction fee, it's twenty seven pounds fifty. Um, however, you it's called a sound check soiree with John, and it's an upgrade ticket only. So basically, you can't or couldn't, I should say, buy these tickets um, without having a ticket to actually see the show. 
And we got, I got, I, well, I said we got, I got confused looking yeah, at this. Because it says, could you look at this rather too deeply? <laughs> it says, the upgrade, the, the sound check soiree with John upgrade only ticket must be accompanied by a valid ticket for the show. That's fair enough. I can yeah. understand that. But then you look at where you buy tickets and all four of the different price bands of tickets are, this ticket cannot be purchased with a soundtrack story with John upgrade only ticket. Yeah, so basically what they're saying there is you have to buy um, your ticket first, pay yeah. the transaction fee on that ticket, yeah, and then go back in, then purchase your soundcheck soiree with John ticket, and pay the transaction fee all over again. Yes. Yes. So they're stitching you up twice on that, and I, I cry boo on that one, actually. Why they can't provide a system that... Allows you to buy both at the same time. Yeah. Or what? Or, or as a package. Yes. You know why not have? Why not just edit? Have have a, have a special section of, of tickets that are with with the sound check as well. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know. And it actually says there. Please note that this fee is per transaction and not per ticket. Yeah. So you are, you are definitely paying the transaction fee twice. twice. Now, does yeah. it say the t- the transaction fee is two pounds thirty one for box office collection? But whatever you purchase online these days, you still have got to pay some kind of a fee. Yeah. There's always a fee for using a card. Um, so, yeah. Rip off. I mean, so. wait, wait. to be fair, I'm actually no, because I think this is through the actual uh, website that's sort of doing it. Yeah. I don't know whether this is the same. I actually haven't had a look at the other, the other places where he's playing. For these last four. It's only the last four shows. Oh, yes. We, we neglected to mention that, didn't we? So, obviously... He's doing, he's offering this. Mm, so, obviously, Friday the 12th of June was one of the, one of the last four shows. Yes. Mm. Okay. Well, if you've managed to get tickets for that, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you, you know, don't feel you got ripped off, really. Because that does sound like a bit of a rip-off to me. It says the people have just spent 68 quid. <laughs> <laughs> when you could go to this for £55. Yes. To both. Hmm. Um, well, something else just I noticed in the uh, the VIP package, which was sold out even even if, even if you managed to get a bootleg version of this before the twelfth. <laughs> Amongst the other stuff of you know, seat in the front eight rows and priority entry and signed photo. Yeah. You get an up close and personal VIP laminate. <laughs> How up close and personal does it get that it has to be laminated? <laughs> well. Obviously, it's got to be wipe, wipeable. I'm, I'm assuming. But... <laughs> it sounds like that comes as part of the. But even with the VIP package, this ticket cannot be purchased with the soundtrack yeah. soiree with John upgrade only ticket. <laughs> you think you'd at least throw that in? It's your you? VIP ticket, crikey! Although, to be honest, if you've got the VIP and you're in the front eight rows, you're probably not really caring that much about the people going to the sound check you suspect are the ones that are going for the balcony tickets. Oh, I'm assuming so. So And, and this is the chance to get down the front and see John Barrowman in all his cheesy glory. Yes. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Oh dear. Well that that was an unusual one for Tat Corner, so thank you very much for that, Martin. But you I mean you were definitely right. It it, it deserved to go in there. Because it yeah. was it was tat and a rip off, actually, as far as I'm concerned. So um there you go. So that's it for the news. That is it for Tat Corner. So coming up next is our review of The Idiot's Lantern. So for another week then, that was the news. (laughs) 
Okay then everyone, it's time for another crack at our Series 2 retrospective and this time we're up to The Idiot's Lantern. <laughs> Are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then we'll begin. You go my way, doll? Is there any other way to go, Daddy-O? Help me, please! It's happening all over the place. They're turning into monsters. People are being struck down and changed, and the only new thing in the house is a television. Hi! Men in black, vanishing police cars. This is Churchill's England, not Stalin's Russia. I shall consume you, Doctor. Good night, children. Everywhere. Okay, Paul, it's your turn to kick things off, isn't it? You have the yes. honour. <laughs> I have the honour. Oh, good. Oh, Julie. What do you think? Um, I don't mind the story of this, mm. surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, not, I just didn't really like any of the acting. Uh, and yeah. I'm not sure whose fault I'm going to place that at. Okay. I feel probably you tend to look at the director when you don't like it. It depends, I think. And the, probably whoever did the casting. I don't know. Well, I mean, this was this was directed by Euros Lin, and I think he's probably one of the better directors that yeah. RTD I mean, I, employed. Yeah, I mean, really, I think we we quite. I mean, other stuff like Two from Chlora and whatever we pretty much liked and yeah. said how good it was and use of the minimal use of the of the werewolf and everything. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. worked and that. So I don't know. I just don't know. Just everybody seemed to be. Turned up to eleven on this. Uh, yeah, I, I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, it's from it's, it's, particularly. I, I'm trying to think of the, Jamie Foreman. Oh well, yeah, that, Eddie Connolly was just so over the top. Was such a well. Do you know what everything was, was basically? They they might as well have just cut Al Murray to do it, mightn't they? Well, yeah. Uh, the thing is, every time I've seen Jamie Foreman in something, he does that. Yes. He's the same in everything I've seen him in. Which is now why I'm sort of saying perhaps I actually should be blaming the casting person rather than... Yeah. I mean, I've never really rated him as an actor. I mean, I wouldn't say that, no. say that to his face. Um, not not with his connections. But... No, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to, to be... <laughs> He reasonably. I was wasn't wasn't going to wasn't going to start calling him a bad actor to be honest there. But no. if that's how you want to go with it, Phil, that's entirely. No, your no, I was, I'm going to and say... not the opinion of the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> were, you, were you throwing children behind you as you ran away there? <laughs> um, no, I just never rated him as an actor. He, he, I mean, he usually plays sort of. Gangster heavies and and things like yeah. that, and I think he played well, a similar. What you know, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that's the kind of background he's come from, and I suppose yeah. he's he's kind of sort of got sort of you know pigeonholed in that kind of role now. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose this was kind of different for him, uh, but yeah, it it was so over the top. Yeah, uh, you, you just you didn't know. really feel anything. I mean, it should really have been quite a a poignant story between him. His wife and the and his son. Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as you talk about the son, uh, Tommy, do you think this is also auto biographical for Mark Gatiss there? Because it was something was alluding to that the son was gay or thought he was gay. Uh, do you think this is sort of like a, an exaggerated 
version of, of, of perhaps Mark Gates's teenage years? I don't know, because I actually don't really know that much of... No, I don't. I don't know much about his, his history. No. Just beginning to wonder whether it was sort of, there was something sort of, you know, as I said, autobiographical in there. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just difficult, because I actually think the mother was actually well played. Having having had a go at, yeah, it was it was um, how can I put it? It, it? it was sort of like a very quiet victory for her, wasn't it? Yes, there was no you know shouting or slapping of face because I think if Moffat had done this, it would have been a slap round the face. Yeah, do you know what? I, I, and this is turning a bit like the memory cheats now. Actually, um, I thought that the uh, Jamie Foreman's character um, smacked the, uh, his son round the face at one point. And that must again. That was my mind playing tricks with me because that didn't happen, did it? No, is that all to boil? No, no, no. I just, I just thought about he, he sort of raised, he slapped him, or he, or he raised his hand to him. Yeah, um, I could have sworn that happened, but obviously it didn't, did it? So, um, yeah, but he, he, I know what you mean. He, it was, it was a, a caricature of a, of a bullying father, yeah. wasn't it? Which actually, had they toned it down a bit. And whatever it really could have been, it should that that is really what should be the story. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know, and it but it just misses because because of his performance. Yeah, it's I can pull it. But bullies aren't usually shouting and screaming, and especially in that kind of environment, you, you usually sort of you read about it or hear about it that it, it's more control, isn't it? Yeah, they, they exert rather than you know it's that kind of bullying rather than you know. Pushing and, and, and shoving and everything. Yeah. It, it was. I know it does happen, but you, I think you know in that sort of oh, environment. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, not saying, saying it doesn't. I'm, I'm, no. just, I'm just. Yeah, I just don't think there was ever a point. We, and and to a certain extent, you know, there's the bit. The, the end scene doesn't really play out because he's such a uh, a caricature, horrible, horrible character. character. Yeah, that you wouldn't advise. Nobody would advise them to go after his dad. Well, I think that was that whole. Rose uh, thing coming off the off the back of the Cyberman two parter, wasn't it? With with her yeah. father. Yeah. But, you know, just from that point of view, I don't think there would have been any point where he would have wanted to because there wasn't a it wasn't a man that was feeling out of his depth that was hitting out at people he loved. Yeah. This was just somebody who really had no redeeming features whatsoever. No, that's right. To the point that he'd been apparently shopping everybody down the street as well. Well, the, the whole so it was it wasn't even that he was the he was such an upstanding member of the community that he felt his family had to well the thing fall is, into a particular line as far as he was concerned. Well, it's, it, it's, it's not a nice man. No, it's interesting you say about he was an upstanding pillar of the community. Um, why? Because that that just came out in, in a line. Hmm. There was nothing to suggest that he was an upstanding pillar of the community. Yeah, we had no background. That, I mean, no, the only nothing. thing we've got of him is just being a bully. An yeah, yeah, that's to, it. To his family. Yeah, and I, I don't quite see how shopping your neighbours into the police maintains your position in society. No, somehow it, I, there's a lot of things that don't make a hell of a lot of sense on that. On that, but could have done had it been had that character been played differently. You may have well have felt there was a reason why he was doing it and whatever. But no, you just you just felt nothing for him, did you? No, nothing at all. 
absolutely nothing at all. I also thought the um, the actor playing Detective Inspector Bishop uh, was also particularly bad as well. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was just that way. He sort of, one minute he's interrogating the Doctor, and there was no sort of like the the you know the Doctor really turning the tables, showing the... him why he should why yeah he needs his help or anything. Yeah, it, it was just suddenly the, the, the it, Doctor gets up and and is in charge. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it, that was it. And it sort of it turned out that the, it sort of turned itself because the the uh, pl- the detective inspector started feeling sorry for himself, really, because yeah. he, he didn't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, and some of his his line reading as well in some of the more tense moments uh, just didn't come off at all, to be honest. Not for me, anyway. No. But what about um, Maureen Lippman as the Wire? Yeah, this this is this is the problem. This is this is where I because yeah, she was as well. Actually, the, the only the other person who I wasn't too bothered about was uh, Ron Cookers, Mister Magpie. I thought wasn't too bad. No. No, I, I think he suited the part quite well actually, because he's yeah. sort of like he's, he's he's always sort of played shifty characters anyway, yeah. Ron Cook. Um, so and, and, he suited and you the did role, feel, and you did feel sorry for him at, at, at the end, you know. Yeah, but he was doing it, and it wasn't his choice. No, he was totally being controlled. I mean, the fact that he's trying to warn people, yeah, but just has to go through with it. Yeah, exactly, because he because he. He, he's, he's, not, being... he's, he's not going to get his, you know, his face back, is he? Or keep no. his face, you know, at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, 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 yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind Ron Cook. He's probably one of the, one of the, with him yeah. and, and the uh, Deborah Gillette as the Rita Connolly. They were probably two of the better yeah. performances in this one. But Maureen uh, Littman, yeah. though, I thought, I thought she was fine when she was doing the, the nineteen fifties television announcer stuff. Yeah. But when, as the wire, though, and it, it, it that I did find actually quite menacing and threatening, actually. Yeah. But when she was doing the hungry it's when, feed, it's, when, and yeah, stuff, it's yeah. when she tried to be menacing and yeah, whatever. But actually, no, you're not. No, you're not. You really there's, are there's, not. There's, yeah, there is absolutely nothing there that's at all. And I must admit, the the wire is a fairly nondescript. nondescript yeah. yeah. Um. Very very. Sort of doesn't sort of catch your attention. Monster name really does it? Do you know what? Yeah. I'd actually, do you know what? Before I watched this, I'd actually forgotten what her character's name was. I forgot. I actually forgotten it was called the Wire. No, I I, I remembered actually. No, uh, I'd, I'd completely forgotten. It was. But yeah, no, as you say, yeah, absolutely nothing that was. There was just nothing there to that character. So, I mean, the, the hint that her own people had kicked her out. Yeah, her own kind had kicked her out. Which actually might have been a bit more interesting if we'd had a little bit of that as well, as to why, yeah, and what they were. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Rather, rather yeah, this nondescript wire, and then a yeah shouty person, very shouty, very very shouty. Really, um, I mean, there was there was another. Um, actually, there was a couple of things I did actually quite like about. It. I thought the makeup effects uh, were good um, on the on the faceless people. Or the faceless ones, I should say. Um, they was better on some than others. Yeah, some I, felt they had taken the time over, and some they just felt was this person's going to be in the background. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, it, 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 I think you know, for the, I think for the amount of people they probably had to make up to mill about in that room, I think that some of the lighting that Euroslin deployed was quite judicious, actually. So, um, yeah. and I thought the faces in the tellies were quite creepy. 
Yeah. As well. I'd, I'd quite like that um, that effect. You know, it's a very simple thing to do, just to, you know, just project literally just their face on a yeah. black background on, on each telly. But the fact they were all um, silent, you could you could see them talking, but it was silent. Um, I actually thought that bit was quite effective, actually. They're all, sort of, all crying out for help. I quite like that. Yeah, no, I did. So, but there's there no real sort of as to, I don't know, why, why it pulled off the face. No. Again, it didn't make any sense, did it? No. Why would it need to steal uh, your face? Other than you felt that they, they decided this would be good if they could be faceless and then we can then put them in the, the faces on the tellies. Yeah. You sort of got the feeling that idea came up and then the story was written back from there. Yeah, written around it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but the other thing, of course, they're all magpie televisions, um, which um, they were saying, he was saying for £5 a pop, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, apparently, the, the price of, of a pie television set in 1953, including installation, was around about £70, which was a hell of a lot of money back in 1953. Yeah. And that really was. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say... That was quite clear. Well, they couldn't possibly sell it for five pounds, but you know this is uh, obviously made by the wire somehow. I'm, I'm assuming. So, uh, oh, that she's just getting him to sell his, set, just sell him, sell him off cheap. Yeah, exactly. To fit to fit her. Yeah. Class. One thing I've never understood since this episode has aired um, is that, seeing as he was killed off at the end of the um, end of this story, Mister Magpie, is how his uh, company. Carries on, carries on, and ends up in the beast below, <laughs> yeah. among, amongst other things as well. It had other family, perhaps, perhaps yeah. it was Magpie and Son. We just never saw the Son. No, maybe not, maybe not. But um, yeah, it's uh, apparently it pops up. Um, Magpie television sets appear in the hub in Torchwood, and Magpie branding is seen on Sarah James's computer mm. in the story Mark of the Berserker. So there you are. So I never quite understood why his legacy yeah, would continue, from, yes. really. But, uh, yeah, there you go. There was another thing um, I, I sort of picked up on as well. I, 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 maybe I've just been a little bit too picky as well. Is when the Doctor is chasing uh, the, the, the policeman on, the, on his moped. Yeah. And they've got the market front thing, don't they? And he says, Operation Market Stall, go, go, go. I don't think the police would have said that in 1953. I, I have no idea. I really don't think... Go, I think the go-go-go thing is, is sort of like a very... I think that's more of a modern expression, isn't it? To actually sort of... And it's a very American thing as well. I don't quite think the British police, 1953... I, I'm not so sure why the police are hiding these people in an abandoned warehouse. No, be wouldn't it be better to lock them up at the local station? Or, or, or to find some sort of hospital somewhere, surely. Yes, Indeed. Why? Even if it's a military hospital somewhere, for yeah. security reasons, there's these people aren't prisoners. They should not be prisoners. They should not be being locked up well, in well, a. Well, well, as well as he actually, as he did actually say in the story, it's because of the coronation. They didn't have the the manpower to do it. So I'm supposing the army were also deployed for the coronation. Um, to a certain extent, but. I know what you mean, though. Why, why pick an abandoned market warehouse or whatever the hell it was? I don't know what, yeah. what it was supposed to be, but yeah. I, and, I, need I to, and then need to keep up a pretense that there's nothing going on there by people dressed as mar- as generally 
sweepers and whatever. Oh no, guarding the. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, okay, we're, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, it would have been better actually had they not been police. Is this is this is sort of in the era of the build-up to Torchwood? If these had been people from Torchwood, well, one of the police officers does actually say. They mentioned that he's something about the Facebook will get Torchwood on our backs and no mistake. Yeah. So why weren't Torchwood taking control of this in the first place? And would be more understandable that then that it's sort of disused warehouses and yeah, because as we now know, covert operations. Yeah, because as we now know, Torchwood predates Unit and they've been around since the Victorian era, and yeah. this would have been exactly the sort of thing they would have been involved in. Yeah. And I think it was just all again all the way through this series. And this one thing I I. I don't like about series two is the constant references in every single episode to Torchwood mm. um, and it's all building up to the finale yeah and I think I think the whole history of Torchwood has just been retrofitted since I think you know sort of how you know they predated unit and they were working for the government or the royal royalty by royal appointment really wasn't it so um yeah I don't know I I, I Again, it was, it's another gratuitous mention of Torchwood. Yeah. And in this context, it didn't make any sense because Torchwood should have been involved in this. Especially seeing you've got a policeman who doesn't know what to do. You'd yeah. think he'd have been much happier just handing it over to them. Yeah. And walking away and getting back to policing. Yeah, exactly. So especially as he knew who Torchwood was, so called that so-called secret society. Yeah. Uh, he knew exactly who they were. So if he knew who they were, why didn't he call them in? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever, unless that was dropped in at the behest of RTD, and we do know at a later date. At a later yeah. date, yeah, you, you, you know, you don't. I mean, yeah, it could be. It's a single line, and it could just be thrown in. Yeah, but there's whatever. The one thing that's sort of come up since actually, and it's and actually, I'm, I'm going, I'm going on the basis of uh, it's two stories have kind of ripped this one off since actually, um, and Stephen Moffat is guilty of both actually. Um, Day of the Moon. That used yeah. uh, a, a big historical event that was televised um, to put out a message to the people um, of of the world. Yeah, in, mm. in Day of the Moon. In this, exactly the same thing happens, but The Wire does it. She uses the coronation that's on on, on all the televisions um, and then use that to steal people's faces. Okay? And then The Bells of St. John basically rips off this story wholesale and yeah. someone's even um i don't remember remember at the time um that actually again martin from bad wolf posted um again on our facebook group that someone did these uh screenshots and they are basically it's telling the same story mm. between the bells of st john and this one so um okay this one come first you can't blame this story for, for that one yeah but you can't blame mark gators for that, you can't yeah. blame mark gators for this you probably can blame stephen moffat for, for what came after, but this isn't Mark Gates' best script by any, by a long shot, is it? Um, no, I wouldn't say it's. His, I, I wouldn't say it's his worst either. No, it's not. Definitely not his worst. <laughs> no, um, but I, I do think it's let down by the casting, by 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 the actual presentation of it, rather than that yes. there's a inherently bad. Yeah. No, I mean, let's, well, let, let's not forget as well. I think there was a lot riding on this one because his his first script for Doctor Who, The Young Quiet Dead, was excellent. Yeah, and I think people were expecting more of the same from him, and of course, it was something completely 
again another period piece, uh, but completely different in in tone. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's what pe- put people off. I, but as you say, I think it, it, a lot of it is to do with the casting. Yeah, probably more so than the story. And again, you don't know how much RTD tinkered around with it as well. Yeah, I mean it should be a very dark story. Mm, yeah, you've got people basically being taken in their own homes. Yeah. And yeah, whatever. precisely. Yeah, yeah. It, sh- it, just, it should have been very dark. But you've got a a domestic situation that's not good. Yeah, and it just sort of gets so totally overblown in how it's done that you don't actually really care for anybody. No, precisely. Really, should be. Now, you mentioned again the uh, the home situation with the Connolly yeah. family. Uh, now. This leads because we haven't discussed the Doctor and Rose yet, have we? No, no. And and I think this this sort of you mentioning that sort of led me on to, onto the Doctor and Rose um, because, as you say, that that is a uh, a serious subject. You know, to, to basically sort of um, that's what you call you could call it domestic abuse, wasn't it? Yeah. And you've got Doctor and Rose coming in, basically belittling him, but it's turning almost like a almost like a comedy. Thing we've yeah, and all the way through this, and this story in particular, the Doctor and Rose are smug, smug, smug. Yeah, they are. It's so. Oh God, it really grates. I don't know if it grated on you as much as it did on. It does. It did on them. Yes, no, it does. Yeah, I and mean, this is this is this is the worst period of these two, isn't it? It's it is. Just... Yeah, and I know. I think that was. I think we we talked about this before. I think we talk about this every time we do. Um, one of our series two retrospectives. It's, it's almost like now they haven't got to be smug in front of Mickey. <laughs> They're going to go and find people to, yeah, show how, to, yeah. to, to uh, show how clever they are and to, I mean, to a certain extent, abuse them. Well, yes, yes, indeed. Because um, I mean, I mean, that's, that's and I like, know the idea is that they they've gone in there and they're trying to give him a taste, you know, that a taste of his own he's, medicine. He's, and yeah. All that. yeah. But it was but, just done in such a smug way, and like Rose being all cocky, and yeah. and I know, as I said, it's signposting what happens in the final episode. It, it all come, it all yeah. unravels for the pair of them. Yeah. But um, it, just it's, watching it now, it's like, oh god, it's it's unbearable. <laughs> I mean, you don't care about them either, do you? <laughs> no, you because don't actually. Just... Um, I mean, when he took Rose's face off, uh, also the wire took Rose's face off. I thought, well, at least that shut her up for five minutes. <laughs> So <laughs> there is almost like a good thing that we have to give her back her face. <laughs> oh crikey! Now it, it's just that whole when the, their entrance out of the TARDIS on the mopeds. Um, it, it's just so so smug, and the, and again when the, they're in the Connolly house, and again it's Rose with the whole Union Jack thing. Um, again, it, it's just it's just um, just she's turning to a know it all. Yeah, and I, I, know, I, I know I they're trying to they're trying to make her sort of like she's not afraid, she's spunky and and all that, but she's just annoying. But, but, yeah, but but what the, their attitude in that house is not that their attitude in that house is let's belittle somebody. Yeah, then no, and whether he, whether he deserves it or not, it's not the point. And also, actually, yeah. if you've got somebody in that situation, the thing not to do if you're worried about the the wife and son. Yeah. is to belittle him in front of the wife and son because then when you walk out the door, you're just leaving them to him. Yeah, which is exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, it it, it wasn't. Yeah, that, that wasn't the you know as characters, it wasn't the right thing to do. No, it really wasn't. Uh, and again, when Rose confronts uh, Magpie in his shop, again she's sort of very sort of cocky and it's sort of like yeah you are going to tell me but you know she comes unstuck very quickly because the doctor isn't there to back her up yeah um which is one of my my problems with with rose because they they built her up to be this um character that she was you know she was independent she she wasn't always reliant on the doctor and she saved the doctor's skin on more than a few occasions um but this them i mean again maybe it just it would just highlight the fact that because she was so bloody cocky and smug uh, she got a comeuppance, basically. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I suspect it wasn't written like that. But I, I just, I just never liked the character of Rose anyway. No. To be honest, I just never did. I just never did. <laughs> that's, I, that's, a, that's another thing where you press the button and you, <laughs> and it's, it is, I never yeah. Rose. Yeah, I, ne- I never got the Rose love from fans at all. Um, no, you know, and all the the Rose and Doctor shipping stuff that went on afterwards. I just never. Never understood that she was an annoying character. I could never under- understand why the Doctor would fall for her. I mm. really don't. I've got no, absolutely no clue on that whatsoever. But, but yeah, but, but what's worse is, is is the Doctor's as smug as her. Oh God, yes. And it, it, it's that line. It's that line that no power on earth can stop me. Yeah, thing. I, I mean, the fact the fact that he's quite happy that it's happening to people. Generally, or you know, because it's not that, yeah, because it happens to Rose, then, yeah, then, yeah I've, I've got to do something now, yeah, yeah, that that really doesn't sit well at all. That that really, and doesn't. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna destroy you, which you basically he's gonna do, yeah. Now you're back to that sort of you know, the Doctor Victorious thing again, aren't you, yeah, you know, the lonely god thing, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I just. I've just think the whole thing, even now, so even though a lot of time has passed since I last watched this, you know, particular story, um, I I didn't really enjoy it. No, really. I, I, what about you? Did you, or you sort of I, take it or leave it, sort of thing? It's it's all right actually. It, it's watchable. It is watchable. It's not an episode that I'd be sitting there and thinking, oh, I must watch that again. No, me neither. I mean, if, but it, if I, it, I wasn't, I, I, I'm, I'm not feeling dirty because I've had to watch it for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, well, I think if, if it was all, You know what this needs, don't you? It needs someone to really make a really good remake of it. <laughs> yes. Oh, that didn't happen either, did it? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the saddest part about the Bells of St. Johnny's. But fair enough, they tried to remake Idiot's Lantern, but they didn't actually make it any better. No, they didn't. They actually made it worse. Yeah. Because I, I hated the Bells of St. John. So. Here, here was a chance to actually take what is, I think, I'm, I'm still saying, is a good story and a good idea. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, crikey. I think I think just one more thing's worth mentioning before... Um, before we wrap up here, is, is a couple of actors in this that had actually been connected with, with, with Doctor Who before. Um, uh, uh, Rory Jennings, who played uh, Tommy Connolly, played the teenage Davros in I, Davros, Innocence. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Margaret John played Megan Jones in Fury from the Deep. Mm. So, which, will, which we can't disprove, because <laughs> you can't watch the bloody thing anymore. Um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, but I mean, obviously, I, I mean, yeah, I was going to say next week we we'll compare her version. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Well, now I know Margaret John, um, Tommy's grandma, from Gavin and Stacey, more more than anything else. 
because she was Doris, she lived next door to uh, uh, Stacey's mum. So that's what I've really know her from. So I, I, again, I've forgotten she was in this, you know. So, uh, but then again, after what I've just sort of discussed for this podcast, I'm not surprised I've forgotten. I'm trying to wipe it from my mind, really. But, but as I said, if it was on the telly, I, I would probably watch it, but probably sit there tutting a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not anti it, and I'm not really. I think. I think. <laughs> I think oh, can we be saying there's, there's a decent story there? Yeah. I just think there's, there's, there's not a decent actor. Um, no, no, there's not. <laughs> And that's the problem. Yeah. Um, I think I think before I think before we run Mark Gatiss out of town, we've got to get hold of <laughs> the, the uh, casting director. I think. Yes, I think so. I think so. So, well, should should we leave that there? Yes. Bef- before we descend into a pit of misery. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, the, the next one um, sort of we get to when we do our next time we return to the retrospective will be the Impossible Planet. Uh, yes. Which I'm looking forward to. We are, yeah. Slight upturn now. Oh, God, yes. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to that one. I really am. Now, um, when we next return, we're back to Big Finish, aren't we? We are. Yeah. Now, we were sort of discussing what the hell we were going to do for Big Finish, because by rights, we should be doing Zagreus. Yes. <laughs> and, and I think, if we're being honest, neither of us can sort of... Bring ourselves to listen time. to it. Yes, <laughs> at the moment is the problem. That is the um, problem. Yeah. So um, we were sort of thinking that as uh, BBC Radio Four, um, or Radio Four Extra, sorry, I should say, um, have been playing some of the Tom Baker uh, Big Finish stories. We thought we might actually um, do one of those because they're they're still available to to listen to on, on the on demand service. For those of you who haven't got the the, uh, the actual um, the actual download or, or CD or whatever, yeah. So so, um, so when we say this contains spoilers, so go look, go away and listen to it now. You will actually have the opportunity. You will. Yes, you will. Do so. You will actually be able to do that. So um, we're going to go with um, the Wrath of the Asini. Is that how it's yes. pronounced? I think that's how it's pronounced, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. yeah. So so we're going to go with that one. So as we record, there's two weeks left on the on-demand service on the BBC um, iPlayer. So, uh, so, hopefully so you'll have to be quick. <laughs> yes, we will be. Now, the only problem with this is we're not entirely sure whether we're going to be back next week or not. Yes, I, 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 I have, I have problems. I don't know. Yes, I, yes, we have a bit of a spell. Well, 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 generally, I have problems. I don't think that's going to come as a shock. <laughs> 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 but more to the point, I have problems with my time next week. Yes, sure, so. indeed, indeed. So we're not entirely sure whether we will be back with you next week or not. So we might be on an enforced break week yeah. next week. So, um, but if if we are back next week, then the break week will be at the end of uh, the end of June. Um, <laughs> so we'll see you when we see, see you. you. See you when we see you, basically. Um, but however, in July, um, we've got some things planned, haven't we? Yes, in July, uh, we're just hoping it all it all comes off because uh, we're hoping to have a commentary for you mm-hmm. in July, and we're also hoping to have some uh, guests on the show um, in July yes. as well. So to do something a bit a bit different. So um, so that that's all sort of being planned at the moment. So if that doesn't come off, it'll be the usual crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back as usual. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and everybody. So. Um, 
that's it. That's it. So we may be back next week. We we may not, but we, we shall keep you posted anyway. We'll let you know and check your iTunes feed. Indeed. And, and if you're a member of the Facebook group and you follow us on Twitter, check that. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, everybody. So until next time, then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Mm-hmm.